Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Story. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Honig. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. If you're returning to the podcast, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. What Life Story is, is it's really my excuse to get to hang out with a lot of my friends and mentors, find out about the highs and lows of their lives, and what led them into the people that they are today. For my episode today, I have my friend Scott Iyer. Scott and I met at Iowa State University, living on Buchanan Hall, sixth floor for two years. And throughout that time, just hanging out with our sixth floor crew, getting to go on a lot of fun adventures. And then when I lived in Wichita, I got to reconnect with Scott again, because he lived down there full time when he was working with his aerospace engineering job. And now he currently lives in Florida, recently got married to another good friend of mine named Allison and we will be learning just a whole chunk about his life and new experiences that he's endeavoring for right now. So with that, here is the life story of Scott Iyer. Tell me your story, your life story. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Just fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy that we finally got a chance to do this. Yeah, it's been busy. Yeah. It's been very glad to connect. Um, and you recently, um, not that you recently just got married, that was a few months ago, but you just recently had your wedding reception, so how was that? Yes, it was good. It was a little bit chaotic. Uh, ended up having to drive from Florida back up to uh, Iowa and Minnesota, so two full days in the car, and we basically did that just to bring up some of our, you know, wedding, uh, like, you know, uh, decorations and we also brought up our two pets uh stella and loki dog our dog and our cat so that they're able to kind of run and meet everybody and um allison's family has a big big yard big kind of area big house for them to just kind of roam and run around it's a little bit better than their apartment life that they've got down here so Fair. It, was it was a good time yeah i definitely remember visiting allison's folks when we would do like our long weekend getaways to lansing so I'm sure your dog loved that. Oh, yeah. She's she's happy to get out of the hot, humid Florida, too. She does not do well in hot weather, so. No, she's got a thick coat, so I'm not shocked about that at oh, all. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, like, when we lived in Wichita, I mean, every once in a while, we'd get a little dusting of snow. That's and, true. Like, it didn't snow often, but when it did, she just, like, would seek out the little snow patches and just go diving in them. And she does that all the time at my parents' place up in Minneapolis. She'll find, like big snow piles and just kind of like trudge her way through it and lay down and roll around and it's like her favorite thing in the world and we can't get her to do anything down here like she hates the beach like she hates like going outside and like <laughs> so sand is not equal to snow in her eyes oh no no and then the water is extremely scary so she does not enjoy <laughs> the ocean water that's not her thing no so, so like kind of getting started into this i know before we started the podcast you had said don't really have as many memories kind of of your early life with some of your moves that you did. Mm-hmm. But um, just for my listeners, you're born in San Diego, beautiful yep. area. Oh, yeah. Um, moved to Seattle pretty quick into that time and then ended up settling in Minneapolis full time, um, which I don't know, strictly thinking for me being an Iowan born and raised, San Diego would have been my top choice weather wise. <laughs> well, yeah, it's only there for, yeah, it's literally just born there year and a half maybe two years and then we went up to seattle but it's been kind of cool because my mom ended up moving back there so i've been able to kind of fill some of those memories with like later 
just kind of like, oh, we used to do this, and oh, we used to do that, and this is where we would go, and blah, blah, blah. And so I've, San Diego is actually where I spent the majority of the time. I rarely make it back out to Seattle. But, sure. Uh, yeah, I would definitely choose San Diego over any of those. So. <laughs> did um did either your mom or dad grow up in the San Diego area, or what made it that they were there at that point? Uh, that's actually a funny story. They 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 are both from Minneapolis, so okay. that was the, both of their hometowns. Uh, they grew up like fifteen minutes away from each other in northern suburbs, and then both went to the same college up in Fargo and Moorhead. So Fargo, North Dakota, Moorhead, Minnesota, and basically got to the point where there's like we need to go somewhere that's not north dakota or minnesota Fair. <laughs> and back then it was a little bit harder to move and so they what you had to do is you had to find a job first and you had to call newspapers and get the newspapers sent to your house wherever you live in the country and then go through like the classifieds but wow that's crazy yeah. to think about that <laughs> yeah but the but the newspaper by the time it got to you was like a week or two old so sure most of that was already old data and so it took them a while but they basically moved out to la and then uh, eventually found their way down to san diego because la is just a little chaotic so yeah uh, but yeah they lived in san diego for a good nine years i think oh wow yeah, pretty long time and then you have siblings. Are you the oldest of your siblings? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. So okay. Two years younger, brother's uh, five years younger. So Nice. And are you all pretty close or growing up, were you all pretty close? Yeah, we're pretty close. My sister and I, just because of the age gap, we're pretty close. And then uh, my brother and I got pretty similar hobbies back and forth. So we're both big in aviation, flying, that whole thing. So we kind of share that back and forth. And so that's kind of common ground he's actually a little bit further along in his kind of progression into aviation so sure. it's kind of funny but well that kind of helps when you share the same hobbies oh yeah yeah it's it makes it really nice and my stepdad's big in aviation my dad is also big in aviation so it, it is a good conversation starter i guess yeah um and one of your main hobbies i know growing up for you was I mean, it seems like from the questionnaire that I sent you, you did every kind of sport un- unimaginable. But uh, yeah. Soccer was the one that ended up sticking. It was, yeah. It was, um, yeah, I tried just about everything. Um, the big ones that kind of stuck for me, baseball I played for a while. Uh, soccer, you know, like every little kid plays soccer. So yeah. I, was kinda, I, I started soccer and then that kind of, you know, soccer and baseball are the same season. So soccer ended up winning against baseball. And then for a while, I was able to balance kind of doing uh, soccer in the spring and summer, then football in the fall, and then basketball in the winter. And so I basically had a full year of just doing some sort of sport. Um, but eventually, soccer just it, it took over. Um, you start getting into high school in the fall, mm-hmm. and then start getting into your winter trainings in the winter. And I guess Minnesota, you got to do it inside. So we had inside trainings. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of took over everything. But uh, I was kind of lucky. I got the same kind of core group of guys from when I was like 10 years old up until I was maybe 19. So we had a good solid year of basically 10 or 11 guys that we just played together in soccer every year. So that made it really nice. Made a lot of good friends that way. Man, you can't ask for anything better than that. No, it was cool. I mean, yeah, we, we kind of compare this a lot, but my brother did the same thing. He played soccer throughout his entire, you know, all the way through up to, up to college, but his, his teams were consistently changing. So he would yeah. have, you know, a bunch of new guys coming in and out the entire time. And so, um, yeah, his, I would much rather have the experience that I did versus um, what he had. Uh, 
he still enjoyed it, still loved it. Yeah. So. Um, what about soccer do you think really was the thing that just hit it off for you? I honestly don't know. I just always really loved it. Um, my dad loved it as well. He was big into, he would play like in men's leagues and stuff. And then um, he got me into following kind of the European soccer leagues. Oh, so, sure. Um, just because at the time the MLS was pretty terrible. <laughs> They've gotten a lot better, <laughs> but they, they were pretty terrible at the time. So you kind of followed all the European stuff. And so I got big into the English Premier League and the Bundesliga and that kind of stuff. And so um, my dad also did a lot of business over, he would fly into Frankfurt and to London and mm-hmm. Manchester. So he would bring back like soccer jerseys and stuff. And so that got me big That's into cool. like more professional stuff, which got me wanting to stay playing kind of the younger uh, I guess the younger part of it. So. Yeah. When my dad would go out of the country for um, business or whatever it was, he would always bring me back um, comic books. So Marvel, DC mm-hmm. have comics there in the different yeah. languages. So that was always neat to kind of be able to yeah. have one from America and then one from Germany or one from That's, Italy. Do the stories change at all? Like, Actually, it's- no, it's same artwork and everything. It's okay. just written in a different language. I remember going into your room in college. It was like you had all those on the wall, and it was just cool to see all the different like iterations. And it was really cool to see. So. Yeah, <laughs> they do have like their own publishings in some of the other com- uh, countries, but for the most part, what comes out of America goes to all the other countries too. Okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, and then you mentioned like your dad would go out of country. You also would do a lot of holidays with your family, especially to Europe. Yeah, so. It kind of worked out nicely because since my dad was doing all this traveling, his company basically would allow him to kind of pick one, uh, I guess, rewards program or whatever you want to call it, like frequent flyer program. So he would always just, he'd basically be gone two weeks out of every month. Oh, wow. First couple years of my life, basically. And then it kind of teetered off back then. But he basically just racked up a ton of points when it was still kind of something nobody really did. And, um, yeah, we were able to kind of go on these vacations because of all of that. So, uh, yeah, we did a lot of travel in Europe. We got to go to London, um, got to travel around Italy for a little while. Um, my family is, um, Scandinavian, my grandpa Mm -hmm. and my grandpa came from, came over from Sweden. My other grandma or grandpa came over from Norway. So we did a whole, uh, kind of scandinavia tour so we did like sweden norway finland and then uh estonia so that was a that was a really fun trip that's cool did you do like a cruise for it or did you stay on mainland no we did uh we've done all mainland stuff um so the like for this the scandinavia thing we did um mostly trains and then there's a bunch of ferries that go between like stockholm uh, sweden and helsinki finland and then um Tallinn, Estonia is just right across the bay from uh, from Helsinki. So it's like a 45-minute kind of high-speed boat that takes you across. And so we did boats through the Baltic, and then we did trains through Sweden and Norway. And so that was that was pretty fun. Because um, the trip before that, when I was really young, we did the London and then through Italy. And we did a lot of, um, a lot of flying. And so mm. this was... We wanted to kind of get away and do more trains and buses. Yeah. With flying, you miss a lot of the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. So those those were kind of the trips um, we did with that. And then my dad actually took me back for one other um, trip because 
of all these like jerseys and stuff that we brought back. He had a, a an office in Manchester, England. Oh wow! Like coworkers that he had there, so um, we were able to go and visit, and kind of hang out with them, and then we ended up going to see a Manchester United game, um, the big soccer team there. Um, so that was that was very cool. Uh, that was also kind of fed into the whole soccer thing. So, oh sure, when you can actually be there and live it. Yeah, yeah, this it's. Much different than a U.S. game. <laughs> US game oh, maybe. no, I'm not um, shocked. I, from yeah. TV, I see a lot of people very much yelling, getting into it. Chants and swearing and lots of drinking. As a, was it, third third grader? It was very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was very eye-opening for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, that was most of the trips with my family. I did do one study abroad and went back there and studied in London for a little while and that was that was in college so that was oh yeah but yeah that's neat um so all the guys that you played soccer with did they end up going to school with you as well were they kind of your same classmates then uh in in high school yeah in high school middle school yeah yeah for the most part um, I went to a really big pretty big school district so we all pretty much went to different elementaries. We had three different middle schools, so we all went to kind oh, of wow. different those, and then we all kind of funneled together into the big high schools. So um, I think my graduating class was like a thousand or something. Okay. So, um, we all ended up there eventually, but yeah, that's similar to how my school district was. We had five elementary schools that funneled to one middle school and then to one large high school. Mine was only yeah. about five hundred, so a little bit half than yours, but still. Yeah, yeah, I think mine. They've built, since I've graduated, they've built two or, I think two, and then working on a third new elementary school. Oh, wow. And then they're building, planning to build a new middle school, and then keeping the high school. They just added a ton of it, so it's just massive. It's like a a campus now. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And you were able to take, like, a lot of pre-college classes or just classes that weren't necessarily regular high school courses there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess one of the big advantages of the bigger school is you got a big class list of things that you could do. Mm-hmm. So I got to take like a bunch of different engineering courses. Like um, we had like graphic design courses. Uh, um, what else? We had a bunch of different science classes. So I got big into some different science classes. Like they take not just like the normal like biology, chemistry. You could dive even deeper into like uh, they had like a chemical manufacturing course. So you could. It was taught by this guy that used to work at 3M, and you mm. like tell you about how they make different plastics and different things that they use in, in like industrial manufacturing and then I took like a, a, a human genetics course so it kind of dove really deep into genetics and how yeah um, 3M yeah. to high school teaching that's quite a jump oh the guy was awesome he, <laughs> he um he worked with apparently there's this job at 3M called it's like uh like world engineer world something or other and basically, they're just paid to just kind of sit around and come up with ideas. And, and yeah, this is like they just come up with ideas and then they sell the ideas to 3M for like a dollar and they just get paid a ton of money. Huh. And he, he told us this story of this guy who just came up with this random like goo that he made and came up with one night and he just popped it on the table and proceeded to pour like six quarts of water into it and it just like absorbed all of it. And he's like, look what I made. Nobody had any idea what it would be used for or what it was useful for, but he's like, I just kind of made a thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> guy had just, like, incredible stories. I'm just picturing this guy, like, in some side cubicle, like, crumpling up a whole bunch of ideas and just shooting them into a garbage can. And it's like, oh, what one landed in there? 
all right, this is going to be my next big invention. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. But he, he would basically, the whole class was like half industrial manufacturing and just half like stories. And that was kind of how it, how it progressed. So that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it took a bunch of calc classes, differential equations, um, took a bunch of engineering courses. So it was kind of, it was, Allison and I talked about this a lot Mm -hmm. of just, we were able to kind of be a little bit more exposed to potential career paths going through high school. Sure. Allison's graduating class was like 46. Yeah. So she she went to a very small school in the middle of Iowa. And so, um, it was a little bit harder to Mm -hmm. kind of cross that kind of stuff. So, so is that kind of the time period you've, started falling in love with aerospace engineering or like moving towards that path? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I kind of used it as a, um, kind of like a, a good hybrid between, you know, passion for aviation airplanes and stuff, as well as trying to incorporate more math and science into it. Cause I mean, it's a little bit different now, but you know, pilots didn't really get paid anything when, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and it cost, it'll still cost a ton of money, but it had a very high upfront cost and a very low reward um, in terms of pay at the end of it. That's hard and, to make that investment. Yeah, it was, it's very hard to make that investment, especially when you're kind of like the first child going through everything and you're just kind of, yep. you know, you kind of do the safe route of like, oh, I'm just going to go do this. And you're under a microscope, not only by your like immediate yeah. family, but like all of your aunts uncles that's how it was with my family too being the oldest cousin to go to college exactly and so my brother completely different experience he said screw it and just went for aviation right off the bat and good for him so that worked out very nicely for him (laughs) (laughs) benefits of being a third child i guess yeah there you go Oh, so while you were in high school as well your mom was living in san diego so i know you were mentioning you went and would take like these long weekend trips. What was kind of that like? Would you miss a lot of school? Yeah, so not really. Um, we kind of timed it. Um, my, my parents actually were very, um, as far as divorces go, very cordial and very kind of, they were very logical on how things worked out. So uh, for a while she lived in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. and um, I would go every other weekend. Okay. And I'd do kind of the normal schedule of every other weekend we'd go house to house and we primarily lived with my dad in uh, our original school district because that was kind of the goal is to keep us all in the same school district same sports same everything sure uh, and lessen the disruption on kind of our routines and um, it got to the point where basically any weekend we would go to visit my mom we'd always be back like in because she lived in a town called Lakeville and then we were in a town called Plymouth and we'd always end up back in Plymouth anyway because like my sister would have like two hockey games and then mm-hmm. I'd have like two basketball practices and then it'd be like, so we'd just be bouncing around between it anyway. And she had started dating my soon to be stepdad who lived out in San Diego. So she was doing like trips out there consistently. And then we would try and visit her and it just didn't work out quite how many of us really kind of thought it would. Yeah. So it, it actually worked out nicely where when she moved out to San Diego, we were able to kind of stay in school, stay in sports, kind of do that all at once and then spend a good week or two out there just visiting. Um, and we'd time that kind of with, we'd split vacations as opposed to weekends. So, okay. you know, winter break, we'd kind of divide down the middle 
uh, every other Thanksgiving and then every other spring break. And then over summers, we just try and visit when we could. So. Yeah. Hey, San Diego during the winter time, that ain't a bad deal. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, it worked out very nicely actually. So, um, yeah, no, no real complaints. And then, cool. uh, that's still kind of what we have now where I'll just try and visit her wherever I can. And then try and visit, I guess my parent, my, my dad up in Minneapolis now, whenever I can, because yeah. we're on the other side of the country now. So <laughs> it's kind of a little bit more of 50, 50 divide when I can. That makes sense. Gonna visit Allison's parents now too, so it's 33, 33, 33. So That's true. <laughs> Luckily, at least Minnesota, Iowa are pretty close, so you can try to make those one big trip. That helps. Yeah, that definitely helps. Um, so yeah, so we started talking about you were building your love of aerospace. So what ended up leading you then to like Iowa State and choosing that as your main university? Uh, a couple things. So I, I got it down between. Um, four different schools uh, that all had like aerospace or five different schools uh, that all had like aerospace programs because they're kind of hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, um, I had Michigan Tech. Okay. At Marquette University in Ma- uh, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, and then Iowa State. Uh, got accepted to I think all of them um and then basically it just came down to distance away from home so Iowa State was a good like three and a half hours so Mm -hmm. it was a good distance away and then uh, cost basically yeah I mean those (laughs) Um, are all important things yeah Iowa State offered pretty good scholarships they've got a good scholarship program with Minnesota Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like reciprocity but it's not really like reciprocity like basically basically if you graduate high school you qualify for the scholarship so yeah that helped and yeah it was like four times more expensive to go to purdue and that was my second choice so it just it didn't make sense in my head so you picked the right choice i have a lot of friends at purdue now and so we give each other just a lot of crap yeah it was a cool school it was a cool school but it was like a 12-hour drive and Mm -hmm. you're in the middle of nowhere i guess yeah middle of nowhere indiana versus middle of nowhere iowa so yep that didn't really matter but (laughs) it was still more expensive And so then, um, that's really where we all ended up meeting was move in that first couple semesters at Buchanan Hall. It was you, Joey, Logan, Grant, Allison, Carson, even John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was everybody. Um, no, it was cool. We had a good group of guys, Allison and Kristen and Mm -hmm. that whole hallway environment. And, um, no, it was good. We kind of stuck together as friends for most of college to get better at seeing each other after college but yeah it is what it is so. yeah we'll make it work around the u.s so it makes a little bit of an issue yeah and then grant goes out of the country and it's, it's just like oh right. when you coming just, back i don't know maybe we'll find <laughs> out <laughs> yeah it just leaves for two weeks yep. <laughs> so. but yeah i sometimes think about those times and like those are some of the biggest growing experiences at least personally for me and just I don't know. I'm very happy that we had such a neat group because I've seen both running residence halls and just seeing other people's experience. Like living in the dorms could be a hell of a time if you made it a hell of a time or it can be a really great time. Yeah, I had had some friends who definitely had both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you get to see it from the other side now. So you see it from the the resident, you know, 
managerial side as opposed to the college student side. I'm going to tell you, it ain't that much different. It's just you get older and you're like, did I do that <laughs> stupid thing? And then it's like, yeah, I remember all of us getting together with our office chairs in an elevator and just writing it up and down. I'm like, yep, right. I did that right. too. Yeah. <laughs> or, so um, they get away with anything with you, right? Like, oh, right. no, never, right. never. I got, I got eagle eyes. <laughs> Or what was it? Was it John's couch that we took out of his room and had like a movie night in the hallway? Yeah, we set up a living room in the hallway. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I actually visited um, Marlene, our old custodian from Buchanan, and we went up and our mural is still there and no oh. one ever messed with it. Which her and I were taking bets that something would have happened to it by now. I'm surprised nobody else has done any sort of like mural like that or anything. Like yeah. it's just that one specific year. I wonder if like one of them got really bad and they just like, all right, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the ping pong table though had seen better days. I think it's on Bobby, its last leg. Oh yeah. Is it still there? It is. It's now just the top of the ping pong table sitting on a bunch of tables. Nice. Yeah. We spent a good portion of our budget on that. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. <laughs> Um, so not only meeting all of us, Sixth Floor also had you meet your now wife. Yes. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, um, yeah, it's, we just hung out, um, I guess my freshman year, her sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, kind of as friends, big group of people, and then, um, yeah, I guess, you know, progressed after that. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have the, uh words i guess that's I okay I, I, i'm just trying to relationships progress but this one was kind of just i don't know we started hanging out more after after college after events um i know logan and joey and um uh, grant would all kind of go off and do their own thing and then, yeah uh, you had all your events and things you were planning and mm -hmm. then kind of left you know, allison and i and she wanted to escape her room many times so <laughs> situation of happenstance exactly <laughs> um we lived it we were there <laughs> um but yeah and so what were some other great things that you did at college are there clubs that you were really involved in or really good i don't know events that happened um i really enjoyed some of my engineering projects that we did which i think kind of set a false sense of what engineering was actually going to be like <laughs> Uh, some of the cool projects because we got to take you know these random ideas from like basically just drawings to actual conceptual like prototypes and test them and stuff which real life you get much more basically <laughs> you're in the conceptual stage for years uh -huh. you're in charge of like a bolt or a, you know a clip or something and not the entire you know project from yeah the, you're not building a mars rover in a year yeah it's not quite as um, no, my, my, our big senior design project was a, a really fun one to work on. Um, more because we got to kind of use everything that we had learned. So it was run by a guy who used to be a NASA astronaut. So he actually oh, yeah. went up and was on the ISS for a while and did that. And then he was the, um, so like mission control specialist for spacewalks. So anytime mm -hmm. there's a spacewalk, he would now be in charge of everything, which was kind of cool. I had dinner with him a few weeks ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah, because since I work in aerospace now, him and I yeah. kind of cross paths. Yeah, he's awesome. He's really cool. 
got a lot of stories. Oh, uh, yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the guy, it was like his first year, and he was doing our senior design project. And so our whole concept was to kind of design something that um, could replace a spacewalk. So we basically mm-hmm. made a, a drone that would kind of maneuver outside of the space station and do inspections small repairs and things like that so that was cool and then the back of the aerospace building which I don't, if, hopefully you've gone back there they've got the big mm-hmm. scuba uh, oh yeah the buoyancy tank the buoyancy tank yeah it's like what 30 feet wide and like 50 feet deep uh-huh huge and we hooked our little prototypes up to compressed air and chucked them in the water and tried to maneuver them around as a proof of concept and it was pretty fun um so that was kind of our big like overarching cool project that we got to work on but our first our first year first semester freshman year project is kind of what they do to get you hooked on aerospace engineering mm-hmm. and it was, it was a lighter than air project it was mm-hmm. kind of similar you make a drone hook it up to a helium balloon and then at the end of the semester they set up a uh, an obstacle course and you have to maneuver through it and ours actually ended up winning oh wow and but they finish like on dead week. So you've got all mm-hmm. finals week with nothing going on in that class. And <laughs> the best part, I just remember, is awesome. They they allowed us to kind of like, quote unquote, like weaponize our drones. <laughs> so at the end, you've got all of these drones that are like with helium balloons and we've attached like forks and spears. Oh my and, gosh. Like, Axe to the side of it. We're trying to ram other drones and blow up their balloons. <laughs> So we've got the entire atrium of Howe, which is the aerospace building. It's mm-hmm. like this three-story atrium. Just like these drones running around trying to poke balloons. They'd be falling like three stories and imploding on the ground. And, oh, it was so much fun. And <laughs> by the way, we, we ended up modifying ours. We put a trap door on the bottom. And filled it um, green army men with the parachutes. Oh, my God. Little taxes feet. And so we dropped them on top of other people's balloons as like a little like bombing run and they try and like blow his great. <laughs> That's amazing. It was really fun. Do you know, do they have yours hanging up at all in the building? Because I've seen a couple of the lighter than air ones from past years. Well, I don't know. I think ours got pretty destroyed. Okay. I think ours fell pretty high after our balloon ran into something and I think it, it cracked pretty nicely. Fair. What was um your theme that year? Uh, it was, um, oh, Alice is going to kill me for not remembering the name of this movie. It's, uh, in the Yamatoya, the, um, Oh, um, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. Princess Bride. So like ours was a giant sword and like we had guys that were like, um, giant flying rats and like all sorts of interesting stuff. Oh, wow. So that was our, yeah. <laughs> that was our big theme. It was pretty hmm. funny. That's cool, though. I, I might have to do some recommendations. Be like, hey, we need to have this Battle Royale again. <laughs> right? That was the best part about it. I can't believe... Well, actually, I can't believe they're not doing that anymore. Uh, they should. They should keep going. One lands the wrong way, and then it's no fun for anybody else. Yeah. Well, they had the whole, like, atrium taped off. Yeah. All the ways people were watching. It was a big spectacle. But it's pretty cool. I mean, I definitely say you sound like you had a fun time at Iowa State. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I got to keep going with soccer for a little while, played intramural, mm-hmm. um, just random indoor stuff. Um, no, it was, I, I had a blast. I would stay. I wouldn't, wouldn't change that part of it. Nice. 
Um, so then once you graduated there, you went straight down to Wichita, right? For your first full-time job. Better or worse down to Wichita. Yep. (laughs) I was going to say my summer there for my internship, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I got everything out of Wichita that I needed in that two and a half months. Yes. I would agree with you on that, that you can get about everything you need from Wichita in about two and a half months. And we were there for two and a half years. So we were there for a while and, um, yeah, not, not quite (laughs) where I wanted to end up, but, uh, it's a huge aerospace town. So, Mm -hmm. which you uh, never would think that like just hearing Wichita. No, you never would, but like like diving into the, like the history of the town, you kind of get a better understanding of why it's such a big, um, you know, big aerospace town. It was mm-hmm. a big World War II place because it's literally the center of the country. Sure. So they put all of their manufacturing there because it's like nobody can get to the center of the country. So mm-hmm. that's where it ended up. And so all of these factories got turned over to Boeing at the end of the war and now they're still still there. So, yeah, I worked for a company down there on some Boeing projects and some, worked on some carbon fiber on the 787. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool job, actually. We got to kind of do some production engineering and fix some production issues. And Boeing has a lot of production issues. So, um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. I, I probably stayed in Wichita for about nine months too long. Okay. <laughs> it just it got to the point where it's like, I got to get out of here. Because you were all still there when even the pandemic hit, right? Yeah, we were we were planning on going on a, a – like a Europe vacation. We'd saved up all of our vacation days. Mm-hmm. We were planning to go to Europe in like May of 2020. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen. So now we were kind of stuck in Wichita, both working from home and Allison got laid off. And mm-hmm. I was on the verge of getting laid off because it's aerospace and nobody's flying. Yeah. So that issue. Um, and then Allison worked in nonprofits and, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's COVID and nobody's donating. So uh-huh. yeah, laid off. So, we were in kind of the industries that got hit pretty hard by the pandemic. So we were um, unemployed for a good six months in Wichita, just kind of like trying to find jobs. Mm-hmm. And there was just, so, um, yeah, it, it was, I don't know, Wichita was good for a little while. Mm-hmm. I at least know I appreciate when I was there in my internship, like two months is a good chunk of time, but like to meet new people, it is not always easy to create friendships. So to have all of you already there, like, I know we went right. to like that one zoo and you got to like feed hippos yes. and lemurs and ride a camel. That yes. was a fun day. Yes. Yeah. They had some fun stuff there, but yeah, again, it's kind of like all right, a couple months, you kind of get everything you can out of it. And the part that was kind of like, at least with like living down here in Florida, like Jacksonville is, is good. It's not, you know, there's not the most to do in Jacksonville, but you know, Orlando's two hours away. Daytona's an hour away. Tampa's three hours away. It's yeah. like, you got stuff. It's not the middle got, of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. It's not the middle of Iowa. It's not the middle of Kansas. You know, it's, it's, there's stuff to do. So yeah. that's good. What have been some of the fun things you've done now that you've moved to Florida and you've lived there how many months now? Uh, we've lived there since June of last year. So, oh, so just over a year, 14, 15 months. Yeah. Nice. So, no, it's uh, it's fun. It's um, I moved down here, so we we were unemployed for about nine months or so, trying to find work, and ended up finding a job down here in Florida for uh, working for Boeing. So, mm-hmm. um, 
worked on their their military stuff for a little while um kind of doing something similar to what i did in, in wichita which is more like structural kind of structural engineering um so yeah i got to work on their their f-18 which was kind of cool mm-hmm. um definitely older much older than the 787 787's all like electronic and CAD drawings and everything's computerized and I can hit like, you know, control F and find something that I want to in the whole drawing. <laughs> and, uh, the F-18 is all scanned documents from the seventies and eighties. That like, it's the, it's the pain. <laughs> You're plugging in the floppy disk to get all the data. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. It was like, I had to zoom in like 300 times cause the font had been scanned and copied so many times. Oh my that it, God. Yeah, that's bad. You're lucky the stuff hadn't just degraded. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I worked there for like six months and kind of realized that it was just not something that I was interested in. I I kind of mm. looked at the people that were, you know, 10 years further down my same career path. It's like I have no desire to get to that point. Like yeah. if, if I have to stay in this position for that amount of time, I don't think I, I'm not happy now and I don't see myself getting becoming happy later and that is the most common thing i've heard from people by doing this podcast is like Mm -hmm. i saw the guy that's 10 years older than me and stuff and it's just like do i want to be there and most people have been like no 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 it's not something that i want to do and yeah it was basically just yeah that was the that was the moment of realization so now it kind of got to the point it's like all right now what do i what do i do next Mm -hmm. it's like at four years going to college for this degree worked two years in wichita worked you know another couple months down here at a new job and now i don't know what to do so yeah uh, that's kind of led you to your new trajectory yeah so that was kind of where aviation becoming a pilot kind of came into play because i back in wichita i got my private pilot's license just Mm -hmm. to say as a hobby Um, so that was something but it was also something where i wasn't getting kind of paid enough to justify going out flying because it just didn't make sense and then i got my private pilot's license in february of 2020 so it's like couldn't really yeah like you said no one's really flying yeah at that point i I could go out flying by myself but i was on the verge of you know getting laid off and at at that point i couldn't really justify it so i didn't get much time flying with that but um i knew i loved it i knew it was something that i could really enjoy um and the pay had increased and you know, I could make the quality of life work and gave Allison and I the opportunity to travel and yeah. move wherever we wanted to because aerospace engineering is a very kind of geographically restrictive profession. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got Wichita, you've got LA, kind of Southern California, uh, the high desert, and then Seattle and Florida. Kind of pockets kind of, every other place then. Yeah, Florida kind of, Northeast kind of, Chicago kind of. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, you're very kind of restricted on where you end up. And so, most of those places are expensive places. Yeah, yeah, they're expensive places. or places that neither of us really wanted to be long-term mm-hmm. either. And so being a pilot, you can live wherever you want. Yeah. And so that, that was a huge tractor. And then... Um, also, the you know the on off of the schedule is a very nice thing in my opinion. Where you know you spend three days on, and then you come home and you don't touch it again for another three or four days. Yeah. Where like working from home engineering, you go there you know eight to five, and then if somebody needs something at six or seven, then you got to log back on and do it. And you're never really off of the job. Yep. Um, so that was a big. 
kind of detractor for me. Is like if I'm home, I'm I'm not touching what I you know, what I do for a job. So I do not miss the after hour work in my previous jobs. No, no I that that was a huge negative for me. But mm-hmm. um, but no, that was that was kind of at the point that was September of last year, so a year ago, mm-hmm. where I was kind of like I just got to figure out something else, and so. Um, a big part of aviation is your medical, so your medical history and your medical condition and stuff. So I went in, and you've got to get a pretty restrictive, well, it's not restrictive now, but it gets pretty restrictive for um, aviation. And, you know, they do a, a physical exam and an eye exam and a heart, you know, they uh, do a heart brain monitor and EKG and stuff. And so um, you've got to maintain that every year. So that's kind of a big worry, but that ended up going okay. And um yeah, ended up starting flight training down here in Jacksonville full time at the new year. So, nice. Big big career switch. So. Yeah, but I mean, if it's what you wanted to do, and I mean, you even talking about high school time, it just the money wasn't there then, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. gotten better now. Yeah, and actually, yeah, when I got into it, um, when I got into it at the new year, and nothing had really changed for money. It just kind of had gone up proportionally year yeah. by year, but. Uh, with this huge pilot shortage, shortage, you know, pay rates have more than doubled in mm-hmm. you know six or seven months, and so it's um, it makes it a lot more justifiable, and it makes it a lot more viable after mm-hmm. actually getting a job because I've got a, a job lined up to be an instructor, and that's basically just you know an hourly gig that you're just kind of instructing new students as they come in, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of surviving until you get you know the hours required to go to the airlines, and that's when you can actually. Now you can actually make, you know, a decent living. Sure. So do you have to do so many hours then of instructing and then from there, that's kind of the last part of your learning? Yeah. So there's a bunch of licenses you have to get. So I started with my private and I was in Wichita. So that just kind of gives you the ability to go up and just fly by yourself or fly Mm -hmm. with friends. You're not making any money. You're just flying for fun and kind of doing it for a hobby. Um, And then after that, you kind of get into the instrument rating which allows you to fly in like clouds and that kind of stuff and then um, you get a commercial rating which allows you to make money while flying Mm -hmm. Um, so that allows you to make money but not instruct because that's a separate license which you get after that which is your instructor license and then that allows you to make money instructing and then I've got a couple add-ons after that of you know instrument instructor I've got a multi-engine license and then a multi-engine instructor so nice uh, so the program I did was basically an accelerated program to get it done basically as quick as I possibly could because I'm kind of coming in late to the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is not, I don't know. Is <laughs> being program. like a, an airline pilot, is that a young man's game? Well, yeah, because uh, airline pilots have a mandatory retirement age of 65. Oh. So you cannot work as an airline pilot at, you know, like Delta and United and stuff. Sure. Um, after 65 at the moment so that might change but at the moment it's 65 um you can fly like private jets and stuff uh after that if you want but yeah yeah the main airlines you got and you can make some buku bucks if you get a big celeb that you want to be flying their jet Uh, there you go (laughs) so yeah but no it's um it it was kind of that was part of it too is for the decision is that there's a timeline and you got to get it done so it's either now or it doesn't make sense waiting so yeah kind of had to do it immediately well good well hopefully pretty soon we'll be able to start calling you captain eilers (laughs) that'll be a little while from now 
Mm-hmm. Right now I get to bum around in a little 180 horsepower four-seater across the lane. So. <laughs> I mean, hey, everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's all good. It'll be fun. It'll be lots of fun. Oh, cool. Well, as we're coming to a close on this, um, I have one question that I ask all of my guests, but before I do, doing a quick synopsis of what we talked about. So from being born in San Diego, living in Seattle, Minneapolis most of your life, soccer and sports being very important to you, um, family being very important, um, going to Iowa State, moving to Wichita, getting married, thinking of all of that stuff. When you think of what theme you would hope my listeners get out of your life story, <laughs> what do you hope that theme would be? Oh, I am terrible with themes. <laughs> uh, that was like, you're bringing up memories of like eighth grade language, like communications classes of reading books and trying to come up with themes. I mean, I am an English major, so. <laughs> I know, and that's why I feel like it's like, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, after listening, what, what what theme would you put on? You know, oh, wow, well, you're the first one to ask me. I can't, I can't summarize everything because there's all sorts of side stories and things that keep popping in my head. So, I would say the main thing that I got from your story was, like, just keep reaching for the stars, thinking of the aerospace part, but, like, keep working hard and thinking about, like, you moving into this new position and that... Yeah, it's something different than what you've done, and it's taking a little bit of money and time, but if it's something you're really positive and really interested in, like, you keep going for it until you get there. Mm-hmm. And I think just knowing you all these years, I really just think that you very much embody that. That's a good way. That's a good way to think about it, I think. I like that. Good. All right, there we go. <laughs> well, Scott, all it is always an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. This was fun. Cool. And with that, that is another episode of Life Story. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, I'm Tyler Honig. Make it a great day.